had to follow anything gaming related since I came here, which is kind of nice. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Android Police Podcast. My name, once again, is Daniel Vader. Not that my name changed. I was going to say, did it revert when you were on vacation? Were you like, you were did, vacation actually. Dan? It, it's it's Daniel Dater. It just, <laughs> okay. it just inverts while <laughs> I'm like evil Daniel while I'm away. Um, using What's an iPhone. It's, it's, <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> you live in Orlando. I know, I live on vacation. That's why it no longer has meaning to me. Yeah, thank you for taking the reins last week. It was uh, it was a good episode. It lacked a, a certain je ne sais Canada, but it was uh, it was it was pretty good nonetheless. Am I not enough? Like I'm I'm basically you're all right. You're fine. borderline. Yeah, literally. <laughs> you're borderline. Um, no, you are. You're an, you're always enough. Will. Thank you. I tell you that every day. You you're do. Enough. You DM me. <laughs> it's a scheduled <laughs> message. Uh, I do. I want. I want to make everybody on on the team feel like they're they're appreciated. <laughs> but maybe like just the words "you're enough" is not enough. It's inadequate. I don't know. I it make me. Feel I need special. to step up my empathy game here. <laughs> you need to do like a little like bot of it to where it like picks a random number between like one and sixteen, and you send out like one of however many different affirmations. There you go. I think Bing can do that yes now <laughs> i think the new bing will be our new affirmation but then it's going to tell creator. you that it it's also having a mental breakdown and, it, <laughs> and it, it's also like all these affirmations are really taxing on my soul <laughs> my black soul i'm feeling really depressed right now yeah. it's really like i i saw that kevin roos article in the new york times that was basically like it vacillates between being a decent search engine and like a moody teenage girl yeah honestly and it's so like funny. so it's like me incredible oh man i love that all of these conversations eventually disintegrate into like what is life do i have any meaning i want you to love me why don't you love me i'm gonna kill myself like not that i love that but like it's very weird or you send it an article that you wrote about it and it goes like Oh, Daniel Bader, he's known to spread fake news he about it. He sucks. This guy sucks so hard. <laughs> or it's like, actually, uh, what year is it? No, it's 2022. It's 2022. You idiot. You fucking I, moron. I thought so. That was the first one of those. God, we are already two minutes in, three minutes in, and we are already way off. That was the first one I saw. I saw that on Twitter when it went viral. And I was like, well, that's clearly fake. That didn't happen. That's there's way too much. Like this is very funny, but obviously someone scripted this. And then like all the other Bing conversations came out, and I was like, oh no, I guess this is real. This is just what Bing AI does. It's incredible. It really is. So just to give you some context, Microsoft made a big deal about partnering with OpenAI, the makers of ChatGPT. It's integrating it into Bing as a closed test beta right now. So you and I don't have access to it, but a bunch of influencers and journalists do. I mean, I guess we're journalists, but we're not Microsoft journalists. So I don't have access to it personally, but I would like to get access to it. It seems incredibly funny. It's also just like one of the smarter moves on Microsoft's part. Bing has been languishing in like distant second place for a decade. And this is probably going to at least bump it up to a less distant second place well, in the for, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, and whoever made the decision to give it this kind of personality, like Sydney, it's called. The internal name is Sydney. 
It's so smart. Like this was destined to go viral in a way that Bard at Google will just never because Bard at Google is going to be like kind of stuffy and serious and it's not going to have this. Like I totally unexpected of like, we kind of talked about it last week of like, I thought Microsoft's AI showcase was much more interesting and, and successful than Google's, although they also made some mistakes in their answers. But then like, I don't think anyone expected the viral screenshots and conversations that we've seen this week to like hit the way they did. Sure. I also think it's interesting. Microsoft is usually a fairly conservative company. That's basically what it's known for, taking a very long time to make decisions. A lot of its consumer apps are not really fun. I don't know if you would call Windows or Office like that much fun, although Clippy certainly brought a little bit of humor to the meme world for the last 20 years. But it now seems a little inverted, like in the situation where chatbots and open AI is the big conversation starter, Google is chasing the first mover and like Bard has no choice but to be better. It has to be better. And as a result, it can't just be this freewheeling emo kid on the internet. <laughs> it just can't. I mean, because Google search is so much further ahead right, than Bing right. that like they can't afford to make that scale of a mistake. I mean, aren't we all just emo kids on the internet? Like, <laughs> True. It doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter what gender you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been on here. Everybody on the internet regresses to being an emo teen yeah. at least five times in their life. I am just old enough that my first social network was MySpace and not Facebook. So there you go. It's, uh, I'm sure if you found an archive of whatever I was posting at 13, it would just be emo kid on the internet. Uh, Burn it all with But these fire. language models are all using what we contribute yeah. to the internet as a foundation for how to respond to these things. Right. So it's not surprising. I mean, this happened seven years ago when Microsoft launched Tay and within 24 hours was just like a racist shithead. Yeah, well, that's what they all devolve into, <laughs> unless yeah, you put safeguards say. on them. And then if you put safeguards on them, uh, certain people on the internet get very upset that, for example, they won't say a, a racial slur in order to stop a bomb. Right, it's not. It's like biased towards liberals. It's like, no, it's it, just not racist. Yeah. Let's, let's make that distinction very clear. Anyway. Um, anyway, we actually had this in the show notes. We were going to talk about it a little later. So I'm glad we got it out of the way. I'm psyched to see what Google's version of this called Bard can do. It's in closed testing right now. It's going to be incredible, I have no doubt. This is something Google has been working on with Lambda for a long time. These large-scale language models, neural networks, like this is Google's jam. Microsoft is doing their own thing, plus partnering with OpenAI. I would say gives them a head start, but is not necessarily setting them up to win. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's early it's, days. It's a diversion yeah. if, if for now. It's a diversion. It is funny that we talked about, like, I don't know, maybe geez, probably five months ago at this point, but we talked about like Google is no longer the fun company. And this is just like another example of we're all laughing at the thing AI stuff. And then Google's like, yeah, but like ours is going to be really good. And we're like, no, 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 sure, sure, sure. But we're having fun over here right now. <laughs> like, well, But no, the, the thing is, the thing. none of them are fun companies. Fun? No, they're not. They're not fun. They're, no company is fun. <laughs> like, but I mean, especially right now, Google laid off 12,000 people. Microsoft laid oh, off sure. 11,000 people. I mean, if we, yeah, if we're going to pivot into that. You yeah. know, like these are yeah. these are companies that are retrenching after two years of just completely insane growth that 
for some reason they thought would be sustainable. Last forever. Well, and preparing for a recession that we've been hearing about for a, a year and a half now that has not still not arrived. But it, you know what? What? Whatever. We're going to do the layoffs anyway. Like, sure. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And AI seems to be the new shareholder focus, which means that it's the new company focus, right? AI has been the flagship topic at the last three builds, the last three Google IOs, the last, I mean, Apple doesn't really talk about AI in the same way, but obviously that plays a big part in its consumer focus strategy, right? Building in like the neural processing units into into its A series chips and M series chips and whatever. But like Microsoft and Google are doing their best to toe the line between maintaining these legacy businesses, similar to what Meta's doing, but Meta's just completely sticking its head into the metaverse and being like, all right, let's pretend that everything is fine over here. But they're all moving into these new categories that are unproven, that are yet to generate a lot of revenue while also being like, but also our legacy businesses are just fine. You know, we're still selling millions of phones. We're still making billions of dollars off ads. We're still selling data centers worth of servers, right? Like this is still a really tricky time for these companies. And like Google, especially during its last earnings call was saying, we sold more pixels than ever before. We're focusing even more on hardware than ever before. Our portfolio is better than it's ever been. But we know that even people within Android, Android design, Android engineering, AOSP, they were all part of this massive layoff. So we just talked about Android 14 DP1. That still you know, came on February 8th, the same as last year. Nothing is changing, but they're probably down 20% in every department for engineers and designers and everybody working on these new projects. And they're just hoping that we don't see either the features that don't get launched or the bugs that get introduced because there aren't as many QC people out there making sure that the quality is high. So not to say that anything is going to be worse, but layoffs affect product launches in ways that we don't really think about. Yeah, everybody's chasing AI because that's what shareholders want. So companies have to chase what shareholders want and uh, companies have to chase earnings per share because that is so important to everybody in stock dividends. I'm sorry, I want these companies to think a little bit less about that right now because in a time of uncertainty and change, focus on making the products that work. I don't need my AI to be cute. I need my AI to be accurate. No, it's never going to happen because the shareholders want unlimited growth and... The only way you get unlimited growth is by constantly making new things. And so maybe for Microsoft, it's like, well, our services are doing really well. And like for Google, it's like, oh, our, our you know, advertising is doing great. And so we're just going to kind of kick back and like focus on making the stuff that we have right now the best it can be. It's like, that's not what the shareholders want. And so that's not what you can do. But yeah. Shareholders don't always know what's best for a company. And we have seen that time and time again. Yeah. Mm. They will ruin companies. if Activist they... shareholders will make companies change their minds about things too. Yeah. So let's jump into hardware because I think that was going to be the the bulk of what we talk about today. Yep. Last week, you mentioned, Will, that you reviewed the S23 Ultra. Yes. You've had another week with it. I've had a week and a half with the phone. I took it with me on my vacation, took some photos. It was great. I have a bunch of issues that I am happy to bring up, but let's just talk about your thoughts on this. We know, based on the metrics that we have access to, 
the interest in the S23 line was down a lot year over year compared to the S21 to the S22, just really down. A lot of things play into that, obviously macroeconomic environment, iterative nature of the phones themselves. We talked about two weeks ago, the lack of deals, right? But it's still interesting how, how down the interest was. That is reflected in the phone itself, right? This is a really, really small update. And yet all the reviews that I saw or read said the same thing. It's better and the updates are more significant than we expected. So how do you square that? Well, first of all, I, I, I didn't have an S22 Ultra. I've held one a couple of times, but that's about it. So it is a little easier for me to like approach this with, I don't want to say fresh eyes, but I, I'm not being not like- super jaded. Yeah, it's, it, I guess, I mean, I am jaded, but uh, you, you know, it's, it's easy for me to pick it up and be like, okay, what is this phone in a bubble? And then what is this phone to people shopping for a new phone, right? And so it's like, that was kind of how I approached my review, which is like, the bulk of this is going to be, let's just take this phone for what it is. You know, it's worth commenting on how small of, an, of a change it is year over year, but like, is it good? And the answer is like, yes, it, it is. I, I have very few overall complaints about the phone. Like generally speaking, I really liked using it. I still like using it. It is huge, but I still like using it. And then Android pleases reviews and with, should you buy it? And my answer was kind of like, do you want a new phone? Do you really want a new phone? Do you have an S22 Ultra? No, you probably shouldn't. Do you have an S21 Ultra? Still probably no. Do you have like a Note 20 Ultra? Like still maybe no. These phones are meant to last longer and longer these days and they are lasting longer and longer these days. And so the answer is if you are at the point in your upgrade cycle where you're looking at your phone and you're charging it at like 6 p.m. every night or something and it's like, Sure, this is a great phone. $1,200 is a lot of money, but I also think you can easily get the full five years out of this hardware that it will be supported on the software side. But if you are ready to upgrade, then yeah, I would give this phone my full recommendation, but I do not think anyone should feel tempted to trade in a phone they bought 10 months ago because it's got a 200 megapixel camera now. Like, I don't think that's this kind of phone. Yeah, and nobody's thinking that. I, I think more people these days are clued into the fact that your phone is a tool and it will last as long as it lasts and then you upgrade it when it breaks or when it gets too slow and you don't want to re factory reset it or you inevitably drop it and the glass breaks and blah you know just like everybody's phone is a little bit broken you know that was one thing i saw on vacation everybody has an iphone most people do anyway and like a lot of them just use broken phones until it gets untenable until the glass gets a little too cracked and it's a little too uncomfortable or somehow the stabilization module in the camera gets loose and like can't take a good photo and you're no longer under warranty and the cost of repair is too high or in many cases you are upgrading you want to get a, a a new plan and the phone comes free with that or vice versa right there's so many reasons people go for new devices these days but it's very rare that you're like oh this phone's coming out I want to upgrade to that phone, except right. if you're an early adopter like right. us. But even those early adopters, I think I'm like, look, if you have an S22 Ultra because you ran out and got it last year, like really think about what your $1,200 is getting here. Because like it is better, but it's not, you know. Well, 
You're both also assuming that people are actually going to be spending $1,200 of their own money on this phone. No, most people are going to buy through their carrier and they're either at the end of a three-year payment plan right now and they're thinking about buying a new one or they're just going to hold on to what they have now or that's what most people, at least in the U.S., are doing, like 100%. Let's talk about the phone on its own, right? Out of context from its predecessor, et cetera. Is it the best Android phone out there today? Does it serve the purpose of being not just Samsung's flagship, but in many ways, the industry flagship that goes up against the iPhone 14 Pro Max? Because in many cases, that is the comparison. If you want the best of the best, what are your options? It's the best hardware, for sure. Like, it's the best hardware. I prefer Google's software experience. One UI is okay, but there are lots of things that I don't particularly care for on it. I wrote a settings to change article for us in honor of uh, the S23 launch day, and it's it's very long. There are lots of very small things. Ara, you were in the group chat where I was talking about what I was going to put. My initial list was very long, and then Taylor gave me like two more things where I was like, ah, yeah, I did change that. I forgot. I still have a couple that I probably should add as I keep using this phone. <laughs> yeah. But I yeah. will say also for the software, but there's a lot of One UI features that are kind of nice and I wish they would add to AOSP, but I understand that it's hard to add everything without it just turning into a bloated obscenity the way that One UI kind of feels like just this yeah. ridiculous hodgepodge of features. Yeah, it's tough. There are lots of little power user things, right? And that's even like before you get to something like Good Lock, which is like a rabbit hole that you could fall down. But to me, and like, I think I've talked about this in the show before, is that like, I mean, Daniel, you call phones tools. Like that's very much how I've thought of my phone over the last, like specifically the last half decade. I went from like staying up late in college to like root my phone and and throw a new ROM on it. And now it's like, no, no, no. I just want it to work out of the box. I don't really want, I don't even really want to mess around with launchers. I just kind of want it to work out of the box and have like a nice experience. And that's more of a Pixel thing than a, a Samsung thing in my opinion. So the answer is like, absolutely yes on the hardware. I think this is toe-to-toe -to -toe with what Apple's doing. I, I think I actually like it a little more than what Apple's doing. It certainly feels better to me than the Pixel 7 Pro. It feels like a nicer piece of hardware. Software is like good, but it is a little bit more like I don't know. I don't even know what the word I'm looking for it is. It it it, it can be in inscrutable to like certain users, I think. There's a lot of little things that you need to know where to look to find them to change or to to customize there's that and as good as one ui has become samsung seems unwilling to identify the pain points and make the necessary changes or it doesn't believe that those changes are are necessary so i'll just throw the example i use every year Samsung's cameras get better and better every year. The tech behind the cameras, the HDR, just the general combination of hardware and software improve every year. But the logic, the logic that it implements to capture photos stays the same every single year. It has been, I'll give you an example, motion. If you use physics and you apply the same strategy, you close the shutter, you have a shorter shutter speed, you reduce motion blur at the expense of light captured. In order to compensate, you increase light sensitivity or ISO, which introduces grain. As sensors get bigger, the capacity to increase light sensitivity without 
impacting or adding as much grain goes up. It's like a linear equation. And yet, and yet. Furthermore, the equation E is equal mc squared. The S23 Ultra is just as incapable of capturing, by default, objects that move in artificial light without introducing motion blur as it was 10 years ago. Literally, 10 years ago. I'm talking about like, what was it? The S4 or S5. No, you know? or, uh, S, S4. S4 is 2013. S4. S2, 2013. Yeah. All of these other things have improved. So many things have improved. Battery life, design, display, outdoor camera, like just everything. And yet Samsung just does not want to, it's just stubborn in so many, as you said, inscrutable ways. It makes no sense. The Pixel can do this. The iPhone can do this. Every other company can do this. It's done it. But no, not Samsung. Okay, so like obviously... I think a lot of the motion conversation uh, around the phone and the internet comes from people with with kids specifically. Um, like I, I think a lot of is, kids, a lot of pets. Yes. I mean, that's just it's not a small subset. No, of the no, population. no, I, I, absolutely not. I am coming at this from a person with no kids and one very lazy cat. So it's like <laughs> I, I, uh, if uh, she moves her head while I'm trying to take a, a photo of her, my cat, uh, I can just take another one and she'll probably it'll probably be fine. So to that end, it's like my big motion test, I guess, was like I, I went to a concert with this phone. You can see the images in my review. And it's like there are some images in there where I'm like, damn it, this is like almost like especially because I'm not the stand in the front of the crowd person. I like kind of being towards the back of a venue as long as it's not too like big and so like there are some images where i'm like capturing concerts is like kind of difficult and like this is actually almost like one of the best concert shots i've ever gotten and then you like zoom in on a face and the main singer moved her face while i was taking the photo and now it's a blurry mess and it's literally like an unusable shot and it's like damn it this was like almost great like almost better than like anything i've taken at a concert in like the last couple years except motion ruined it and it, it's not even like they moved a lot. It's just that like they moved just a little bit and literally her face is a jumbled mess of pixels that looks like I took Photoshop's retouching tools to it and just like smeared it around like it ruined the shot. And again, like I bring this up as an example every year, but it's just one example. I mean, the Galaxy Store existing is another example <laughs> well, okay. of just yes. Samsung being stubborn for the sake of it. The fact that they lessened the radius of the screen curve, but did not eliminate it. I complained about it, yep. These are tangible things that you're like, this is such a conservative company now. And, and this is something that our coworkers from Asia and India talk about all the time, that Samsung is resting on its laurels because so much of its revenue comes from North America and that it has so little actual competition here and Europe but less so in Europe. It really doesn't. The only thing it has to do is try to fend off people from switching to iPhone. No one is really buying a Pixel. Like, I have noticed that Super Bowl ad caught people's attention. Like, I have seen people who are not in the tech industry talk about it. People noticed that photo unblur in photo, uh, or in, in um, Jesus Christ, Magic Eraser. But no one is really switching to Pixel. And so really all they have to do is just keep Samsung people in Samsung world and keep them from switching over to Bluebubble iMessage world because that's really it in North America, in the US at least. What other competition is there? There's Google kind of and then low-end phones from like Motorola 
but that's its own thing. Exactly. Exactly. That all being said, I will say after using the phone for a week and comparing it very closely to the S22 Ultra, there are I like the heft, I like the squared off edges, I like the aforementioned flatter display, I like every other aspect of the device. Improved haptics, battery life is incredible. No more heating up your hand after playing a game for 10 minutes. Just like every other thing you would want is there. And you said it, right? Like the Pixel 7 is a better phone, in my opinion, but the hardware is not as good. No. And I mean, you mentioned heat. Like I, the Pixel 7 Pro will heat up when I'm on Twitter. Yeah. That's because you're on Twitter. Elon Musk sure. is just like sending you all of his. <laughs> it's true. His like. No, I'm not going to go there. Don't try and Yeah, you know what? Don't you know what? It. <laughs> yeah, it's just not worth anyway, it. Anyway, like the, the S23 Ultra, he, the only time it got hot for me was like playing Genshin Impact with all settings on high. And it's like, yeah, it's it's going to get hot if you are gaming extensively in something that is graphically intensive. And that's literally the only time I felt this thing get hot. It's great. Thermals have also been kind of great for this. Sorry, I'm going to bring in the small one just for a little bit because I know we keep talking yeah, about the Ultra fine. and... Yeah, but the small one is what I have. And yeah, it's only heated up on me once in four days of usage now, which is great. But I've also left the gaming to my tablet while I've been setting up this phone. So that way I actually, you know, use the phone for proper things. But the phone hasn't been slowing down as much. I just wish that the, like Peter said with the cameras, I just wish they could handle motion a little bit better. Because I went and took pictures of fireworks last night and most of the fireworks shots are pretty much unusable. And that was with night mode off. If I tried to take any of those pictures with night mode, it would have just all just been like a massive blur and that's it. Oh, yeah, that is the other thing. And I think I can't remember if I touched on this last week, but like those concert images were with night mode off. And I also experienced some pretty significant shutter lag, which is a common Samsung launch issue where I tap it and then it half a second later tries to actually take the, the photo. So Yeah, no, shutter lag has been a, has been a thing. In fact, I was scrolling through Reddit before we started the podcast and somebody had a comparison, like they filmed an S23 Ultra and a Pixel 7 Pro and they were like shaking them and hitting the shutter buttons at the same time. And the Pixel 7 Pro took a perfectly fine photo of the plant and then the S23 Ultra was just this blurry mess because it couldn't take the picture fast enough. Yeah. I should also mention that I have the Plus as well, in addition to the Ultra. And and in terms of like, Daniel, you mentioned that the curved screen is really reduced on the Ultra, but still there. And it's like, now that I've held the Plus, it's like, God, why just just do this? Just do this on the big mm-hmm. one. They just make them all flat. It's time to bury yeah. curved screens. Failed experiment. It was fine yeah. for a while. It served its purpose. We can move on. It was a cute gimmick, but sure. put it to bed, please. Yes. Again, it goes back to the company's conservative approach to smartphones these days. Easily the most iterative year-over-year update on its flagship line. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Z Fold and Z Flip lineup get much bigger overhauls this year. I think we're expecting they're switching to a new hinge, right? That will a actually new hinge, a new yeah. aspect ratio. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's really where the effort is being put in doing something new. Because Samsung knows that like you don't have to reinvent the wheel with your flagship every year. Apple's been proving this for a decade already. You just need to make slow improvement and then every like three or four years <laughs> release a dynamic island that nobody wants. But that's just a reality of phone development these days. So yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Like this is a nine out of 10 phone and most reviews I've seen are 8.5, nine out of 10. 
And yet the interest in this product, the excitement in these products is nowhere to be found, basically. One exception here, and this is a, a shout out to ZKD, who we'll have on the podcast, I promise. He keeps saying how much of an improvement the S23 Ultra is over the S22 Ultra because the world, and he's based in the UK, is using Snapdragon this year. And this is the first year since the S5 that they're not using Exynos. No, sorry, the S5 did use Exynos worldwide. I was going to say, I thought this was in like the S7 or the S6 that they did. Mm, yeah, I'm, 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 I want to say one seven. year they did use Snapdragon in Europe yeah. for some reason. It's like a, a year that the Exynos was particularly bad, but it's never been like flagship Snapdragon consistently in Europe. Yeah, and that's, that's obviously very different. Like, switching from the middling, I would say, processor into something that is like I, the, the Snapdragon 8 Gen 2 is like very impressive to me, to be honest. Like it handles everything I've thrown at it. It's as good as the 8 plus Gen 1 was on battery life. It's performing really well. And also Samsung had nothing to do with it. So, you know, basically, I mean, it's for a galaxy. Obviously. Yeah, it's for they, galaxy they with plenty like, to do with it. It's slightly, very slightly overclocked. It, it, they threw money at the problem they, as they normally do. <laughs> yeah. Before we move on, anything else on the S23 plus or S23? I know that these are, as I said, very iterative, but like anything noticeable that people should be aware of? Yeah, I think the decision to drop the camera bump is bad and it makes yes. these phones look really generic. Samsung is moving to this like, we're just going to have camera islands for every single one of our phones down to like the lowest end A series phone. And it's like, yeah, I mean, that unifies your design language across the board, but it also kind of makes all of them look a little cheap. It's not raising the profile of your budget phones. It's kind of lowering the profile of your flagship phones, with the exception of, I would say, the Ultra, just because it has so many lenses on the back. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I looks a little generic. It's not a bad looking phone by any means. I have it in the not pink, but it's pink color. And, and I think it looks nice. And it feels nice in the hand, but I do wish they had kind of kept that camera bump. When I said that they only gave the camera bump to the big one, and that was a shame, I meant for the main sensor. I really do wish that the 200 megapixel sensor could have come to at least the plus. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, if, it, you could, if you had to save money on the on the baby one, okay, but the plus should have gotten it. But then what are you, then what are you getting the, I guess the S Pen? Ultra I feel like that's the just bragging rights. Yeah. I, it's, I mean, the S Pen is... There is no indication that the 200 megapixel sensor is actually better in any meaningful way over the 108. Like, no. I haven't seen a single comparison that's led me to believe that like, oh yeah, that extra two seconds of processing time has been, is worth the trade-off in like detail, you know? Yeah. Because they all been down to 12 megapixels. They all basically look the same. You can opt to do full resolution at the expense of processing time. But like, who's doing that? I, I just, I don't see why they did this beyond they had access to this newer sensor. It's a good thing to put on the marketing material and that's well, it. I'd have been okay if they had at least given the baby and the plus the 108. We, we still have the 50 megapixel sensor on the main two and then it's 200 on the other one. I'm like, that discrepancy seems a bit much. Yeah, I agree. But also like, we're at a point where megapixels don't tell the whole story. Right. No, no. A lot don't. of phones are using bigger Sony sensors. The Vivo X90 Pro Plus uses a one inch Sony IMX 989 sensor. 
The Xiaomi 13 Pro is also using that same sensor. You know, these are big, big sensors, but I think somehow these companies managed to do more with them. They're not as high megapixel. I think this is a 50 megapixel sensor, but I'd easily take that over some like meaningless resolution bump. Probably in the end. I like the idea of having the larger sensor, especially in the age of the algorithmic processing that we have and being able to let more light in for darker images and also just being able to do more zoom if you start with that raw 108 megapixel image if you're in pro mode or whatever. Because the 3x zoom camera on this S23 is not cutting it for me. Yeah, I mean, that's not great. It's just a bad sensor. But I might also just be nitpicking here because I take a lot of photos of things that are very far away or very hard to get an image of because it's like, oh, I'm trying to get pictures of fireworks that are a mile and a half away. Or, oh, I'm trying <laughs> to get pictures of of a certain parade performer that's like, you know, 150 meters away and also being partially obscured by parade dancers and floats and whatever else is going on. So I mean, I, that I, is I, really... I, Samsung's biggest advantage. The 10X optical is incredible. Yes, yeah. it is. It's amazing. And will continue to be the piece de resistance for the Ultra line. And I think beyond the gimmicky nature of the 200 megapixel sensor, like the fact that I can get usable photos at 30X with this telephoto is amazing. Everything else kind of just seems second. You know, it, it's like it falls into that like nice to have category. Yeah. Yeah. All right. OnePlus 11. So you reviewed this. You talked about it a little bit last week, but I'm like, I have one. I've been mm -hmm. playing around with it. I haven't had a lot of time with it. Yeah. What is this phone? Like it's $700. So it really does fall into that like budget flagship place. It's not launching on any carriers in the US officially, but it works on all three carriers, 5G networks. If you want to bring an unlocked version, which is cool. You know, what? what's to say about this? It's like all the reviews that I saw were like, it's a comeback question mark. Yeah, including kind of mine. That was sort of how I felt about it, which is like as someone who really only used both the 10 Pro and the 10T for like an hour each, I was like, oh, cool. You took kind of what I liked about the 10 Pro and brought it closer to the price of the 10T which is what this should have been in the first place. To me, it's like a phone of compromise that worked out okay. And it's not a bad phone for $700 if you don't mind the current state of Oxygen OS and you don't want to jump into like a Pixel. Like it's, it's not bad, but it is somehow less interesting than the S23 Ultra, even though it, 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 I guess it's kind of more of a design change. I hate the camera bump, to be honest. I actually kind of think the phone is ugly in general, but. Oh, I like it. I, I don't. I'm <laughs> definitely the other, like, I hated the, the 10 Pro. Oh, I don't like it on that either, but there's something about this where it's like, it's even gaudier, but then the rest of the phone is just kind of really plain glass slab. Do you have it in green or, or black? I have it in green. Okay, because I hate it. It's so slippery. I know two weeks ago you said that the S23 Ultra is really slippery and you've dropped it like three times or whatever, but the OnePlus 11 is like 10 times as slippery to me. Yeah, I also didn't get a case with mine. I didn't so either. I have to use it without one, whereas with the S23, like I have a bunch of samples. I just threw it in. So I've only used the OnePlus 11 without a case. I agree. It's very slippery, but I, I like the design a lot. I feel like it's nice and compact. It is compact. I agree it's with good. that. It's, I just don't. It's, it's, the, just, it's the right size. It's something about how basic the rest of the design is outside of the camera. It, it just doesn't gel with me. But I'm glad someone else liked the design at least. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I liked it. Yeah, it's not a bad phone. It's it's um, the battery life. I mean, I mean, you you said the battery life on the S23 Ultra is good, and it is. The battery life on the OnePlus 11 is better, and that is probably because it's, it's, I'm sure it's just killing my apps left and right in the background without me knowing. But in my experience, the S23 Ultra is a day and a half phone easy. The OnePlus 11 is a, is a two-day phone, straight up. Nine plus hours of screen on time. Like, it's, it's great. So beyond that, is it just like a is an also ran like you can you can consider kind of. it if you want yeah like it, it it's There's not no reason to I, is there a reason um well I think like it's six ninety nine it's the same price as the S twenty three yeah. or is the is, is the S twenty three eight hundred oh seven ninety nine you're right yeah. sorry hundred so cheaper than the S twenty three it's closer in size to the S twenty three plus sort of in that middle that was how i thought of it basically was this is an s23 plus competitor above all else and and for 300 dollars less you're getting a phone that in terms of specs is like fairly comparable you're gonna have to give up wireless charging i know a lot of people a lot of reviewers are upset about that i did not care <laughs> in my time with it it charges so fast that i just could not care that there was no wireless charging but if you have a hundred wireless chargers, obviously, you know, you're going to feel different. Yeah, that's true. I don't love the, like I, I use wireless charging all the time. So that, yeah, that would be hard for me if I use this as my daily, but it's two days of battery life and it's 30 minutes to get it from zero to a hundred and going from that to the S 23 ultra. Cause like I did these reviews back to back. I basically used the one plus 11 for like two and a half weeks up to when I flew out to San Francisco for the S23 unveiling, I dropped the OnePlus 11 three times during the hour-long event in the audience. Oh my God. <laughs> it was just like on my lap and then it would just slip or like someone would have to get by me and it would immediately just slip off my lap. And so I got my phone and unboxed it and, and switched there. But going from that phone, which again, it was like the battery life and the charging was great. And then to... The S23 Ultra, which has good battery life, but it technically has 45 watt charging. I apparently do not have a single PPS charger or at least one. Like I thought I had one that was PPS. Samsung did not like it, though. It was like, no, you're going to charge at like 20 watts or whatever. Sorry. What? Like I gave away some of my PPS chargers last year when I needed to clear uh, down my stuff. I'm done making like like, we can get you those. Sure. But you shouldn't have to. Like, I I, I think it's stupid. It's 45 watts technically. But like the fact that I have. Well, you're only going to get 45 watts when it's between like zero and 20 percent anyway, which is also stupid. I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm aware. Samsung's charging situation right now is bad. Plugging in the OnePlus 11 for 30 minutes and getting a 100% charge and then just going on with your day was honestly great. Probably one of the highlights of the phone. Otherwise, like, yeah, it's pretty good. You can get some good shots with the camera. You can also get some bad shots with the camera, I would say. It's a cheaper, not as good S23+. plus. Yeah, nothing else to add to that, I guess. One thing I do want to talk about quickly is the Oppo Find N2 Flip. So this launched recently just this week in the UK. It's the first foldable from Oppo that's launching outside of China. For some reason, they are not launching the bigger Find N2, but just the flip version lightly because it's got just a better mainstream potential, right? It's cheaper, it's 850 pounds. Like the Find N2 that I got for review is uh, a China version. The software's janky. Uh, yeah, it doesn't the software's gonna Play be the Store. biggest issue. With, with this stuff, just just like OnePlus. Yeah, I mean, this one, it comes with a global version of ColorOS, which is basically what you find on the OnePlus 11. It basically identical. It's fine. Like, I actually, I like this a lot. 
the bigger front screen to me and every every review that I've seen says the same thing. It's like it's the right aspect ratio. Just let me use it as a mini phone if I need to. Like sure, it'll be awkward, but like don't limit me to a bunch of widgets that you yeah. guardrail. Yeah. And I completely agree there. Like the front screen is so big and yet I can barely use it. Basically anything I want to do, it tells me to open up the main phone. I have like a lock screen. It tells me my notifications, but I can't actually see them. I can do photos, tells me the weather, timer, calendar, and that's it. I didn't know you couldn't view your notification. Like that's stupid. No, it gives you a summary of each notification. No, no. So I swipe up. That's dumb. Let me see. Yeah, swipe up and then that's it. I can tap on it and it will like give me just the headline and then I have to open the phone to see the No, I want to scroll no. through Twitter on this thing. <laughs> yeah, just because exactly. I can. It's it's very limited. I want one of these companies to like partner with whatever Palm did with their like Palm mini phone because they can make it work on something that small. That's exactly what we need on a cover screen for one of these flip devices. You want like a Palm Pixie like mutant attached to a uh a foldable if you're gonna have a screen that big you might as well right does the find in two flip is it gonna get google assistant is it gonna be gms or no it is yeah i mean i'm using it right now it comes with play store preloaded it has gms it has like it has everything okay then being able to like build a series of google assistant commands for that device to like take you to a particular like function or app on the cover screen rather than it just being like here are your widgets here are your notifications if you want something else tough shit because i mean the only worthwhile things i do with the cover screen on my z flip 4 are camera preview with the main lens and quick settings because you can yeah, swipe down this from is the like time four to get times quick the size yeah it's much yeah bigger. and you yeah. think about how much more we could use with this yeah mm -hmm. yeah exactly and it's it's like i like this phone a lot I just think Oppo needs to, even if it's just like- Just have a, a page where you can have like six to 10 like little mini applications, like a mini dialer for your phone, a mini calculator. Have it as like a dev option of like, you yeah, have to like opt Darby in. Dragons. Yeah. Like here's yeah. your advanced settings yeah. toggle. Let me like create a mini Android phone using this tiny like two inch display yeah have it off by Why default like, that's fine like if you if if you don't think it's like a worthy experience for most users but like have it in the settings is like a like are you sure you want to do this yes okay now you have a full launcher on your on the on the front of the phone i'm very certain somebody will hack that. oh together, absolutely i mean that's that's love happening. to see it from yeah. oppo yes so one like weird color os quirk that i don't understand and i've yet to find somebody that also hates this as much as i do uh, just quick question: Do both of you leave your phones in vibrate mode, or do no. you keep the sound? Uh, I try not to. Like uh, part of the reason my notification went off a few minutes ago is because whenever we got here, Samsung has a thing where you can like temporarily mute the phone. Oh sure. And I set that for an hour, thinking that would be enough, and it wasn't. It never uh, is. But no, I I need the sound because I will set the phone down and not keep it in my pocket all day. If it doesn't have sound, I will not hear it. I swap between sound, vibrate, and, and full silent. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not like consistent on any of them, to be honest. What? Who are you people? I, I'm I so know. flabbergasted by the... Okay, so I'm not trying to vibrate or like sound shame anybody, but like, what is wrong with you? I Actually, live I alone and I don't which, carry my phone which, in my pocket Sorry, what are day. you arguing for? <laughs> okay, let me, let me tell you what I'm arguing Okay. For. So... I only leave my phones on, vi on vibrate. Like I never have sound on. I never want okay. my phone to make sound beyond vibrating. 
right? Like, like that's it. If, if you're on my desk, if you're in my pocket, if you are able to get my attention with the haptic motor, like that's all you need to do. Just notify me. Don't annoy the people around me with your little like doop or whatever. So on every other platform, we're talking One UI, we're talking MIUI, we're talking Pixel, we're talking everything. You can set the length of your vibration. You can set the tone. You can do whatever you want. You can make your vibration settings as customized as possible. If you want to be like three quick notifications, you can do that with like the default for Android is like, that's it. It's always enough to get my attention. Color OS, which affects both OnePlus and Oppo phones, has this weird limitation that if you have your phone on silent, you can set vibrations to go off. So it will vibrate, but you cannot customize it. And the default is literally this. Oh, that's really that's short. <laughs> so if I have my phone on silent and I'm using an Oppo phone, I miss 98% of the notifications on my phone. Like It is insane to me. And I've talked to the Oppo people for years. Like this has been going on since like, Color OS 5 or something like that. And every once in a while I go to Reddit and I'm like, are other people experiencing this? And there are threads of people that are like, why can't I change this? And it doesn't happen. Anyway, I know it's like extremely niche, but I, I'm so weirded out by this. It means that I can't use an Oppo phone as my daily ever because I will miss 98% of my notifications. So I am asking, if anybody who's listening is using an Oppo phone and you have your phone on vibrate, what do you do? I'm very curious. There's probably like three people that yeah, fit that yeah, criteria, but I'm very curious. Anyway, that's my rant about ColorOS. Otherwise, it's it's fine. I mean, couldn't you use the phone, but also just, you know, have a watch for proper No, well, no uh, for proper I was going to joke and say, <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. I, I not. was going to jokingly say this and be like, Daniel, clearly the fix here is that you buy a Pixel watch and you wear that all day. Well, you wear it for <sighs> most of your day and then you throw it on the charger. Exactly. exactly. All right, um, <laughs> I, I just want to say real quick, real quick, I just, okay. if, we're, if we're making public uh, uh, demands of, of, of people, uh, if anyone here is listening who is in charge of developing smartphones, can you just, um, can every smartphone have a mute toggle on it like the OnePlus 11 like an alert here, slider here. or the iPhone like I have no idea why no one other than OnePlus has ever I don't want to say copied Apple but like god damn it come on like it's so nice it's so nice oh my god okay can we talk about for a second copying Apple sure every single earbud <laughs> that is released today looks like the AirPods Pro right yes every single one Huawei's yep Xiaomi's yep OnePlus they all look identical identical yeah. to the AirPods Pro. It is, ins- and they all use the exact same squeeze, the little nib thing on your ear yeah. to play and pause. It's unabashed. Well, and it's so funny. One of my best friends is one of the only people I like routinely talk on the phone with. He just got a pair of first gen AirPods Pro upgrading from a pair of first gen AirPods. And <laughs> we were talking last night and he hung up on me three different times because he was adjusting the the, ear, the earbud and like is not used oh to the controls God. yet. And so just like mid sentence, just the call disconnects. And I call him back. He's like, "Sorry, I was I was moving the, I was moving it. Uh, I wasn't thinking." Three times. 
Um, and so if we could just not use that design and maybe use actual buttons, I think that would be fantastic. Or just better capacitive buttons. That's fine, too. I like what the pixel the pixel buds. Well, that's what I was thinking. The pixel buds. Like no other company has made gestures work as reliably as Google has with the pixel buds pro. They're almost perfect. And Samsung is in the opposite direction where they're terrible and you don't ever want to touch the side because you will accidentally play or pause when you don't mean to. But and this anyway, is why I, I love turn... my Sony's because they are right smack dab in the middle. Yeah, I just, yeah I just want buttons. it doesn't have gestures. It just has taps, but at least they're consistent. Mm. Nah, buttons are are better. I agree with. That. I, I have better, my uh, we my can't. Jabra Elite seventy five Ts have a big circle button in the middle. Big old button. Big old yep. button that uh, I can never accident. Like I adjust those things all the time while I'm running or at the gym or whatever. And not to make it sound like they're not comfortable, it's just you know sometimes they move. And uh, yeah, just I've never accidentally like paused or, or played anything because you'd have to push the button to do that. It's great. All right. Quick summary of a bunch of other leaks and news. iPhone 15. We saw uh, our friend Max Weinbach, who now publishes at 9to5Network, Google Mac. He published some proper renders of CAD renders that were based on case sizing out of China. So these you want are- to talk about small updates. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. So this, this is the first look at the iPhone 15 Pro. A uh, couple of interesting things here. Much bigger camera bump. So Apple is clearly increasing the size of its sensor again, which is good. Smaller bezels around the display. And then the two big ones are capacitive buttons on the sides for the power and the volume, which will be interesting, and USB-C. So obviously we've heard that the iPhone 15 will move to USB-C in compliance with the EU's new regulations around a standard charger. We're not sure if this is going to be worldwide or just in the EU to comply with those regulations, but assuming Apple, you know, it doesn't want to like fragment its own, it's like cash cow. It's going to release a USB-C powered iPhone 15 this fall, which will be really interesting. Which will be really awesome. It'll be fine. Either way, it'll be fine. I don't think it'll be as big a deal as people think it is, but there's that. There is the news that the YouTube CEO season, Wajiki, is stepping down after nine years. She's still going to have a sort of consulting role within the company with an alphabet, the parent company of Google, but she is ceding control of YouTube itself to Neil Moan, who was the chief product officer since 2015. Ara, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, she's, I think, relatively popular. People are relatively satisfied with her time as CEO, but like she's gone through a lot of controversial periods within her time running YouTube. I wish I had a strong opinion about this, and I'm very ashamed to say I don't really have one. YouTube has gone through a lot of changes in the during her tenure. It's especially gone through a lot of changes in the last couple of years with trying to stave off TikTok and try and keep ad revenue up despite everything going on around us. I'm grateful that if she doesn't feel confident in the direction that she can take YouTube, that she's stepping down and taking another advisory position to where she can still help as needed, but get out of the way as somebody else tries something new because YouTube probably needs a little bit more new blood. Honest to God, I just need YouTube to not be quite as aggressive with the autoplay and with the history and so many other small little features. And I mostly need somebody to come in and give us proper library management and YouTube music. Like, 
oh my god. Well, the incoming CEO had a, a role in building uh, YouTube Music, so maybe, I don't know, maybe maybe that'll uh, happen. Maybe Why did you just wreck my day, Matt? <laughs> um... I don't know. I, I feel like YouTube is too big to like really shift into a new direction. Like it's it's just going to kind of keep trying to toe the line between creators and advertisers, which is what I would say the last decade of YouTube has been defined by of like moves towards, you know, making advertisers happy, trying to keep creators happy. But at, at a certain point, like it, it is just going to kind of keep doing what it's doing and also going to keep trying to be like, you guys want to use shorts, right? You guys want to watch a lot of shorts, right? And I'm going to be like, no, I still don't. And that'll be YouTube. Yeah. Shorts are still bad. Yes. Well, like there are, I see a lot of the people I follow. They are clearly creating shorts. Clearly being pushed to make shorts because yes. why else would anyone make shorts? I'm not a YouTuber. I do not know what is going on behind the scenes, but it is it is so obvious that the people I am subscribed to are being like incentivized. Well, they're making money from shorts. Yes, but I'm I'm sure YouTube is like paying out higher per view for short or something. There's obviously something happening. I I, yes. What I want is for YouTube to figure out a way to allow somebody to like okay. Have a regular video, but then you can also make an edit of it that is a better form factor for vertical screens. Because I wouldn't mind watching shorts more often if they A, didn't auto-loop, and B, if they looked decent when I'm looking at them on, like, a computer or on a TV. Shorts only look good on a phone. I don't spend a whole lot of my YouTube time on there, on my phone. I have big screens for that. Sure. But you're not... not most people are spending most of their time on on YouTube on their phone or an iPad or whatever. And so I get it. And I get copying TikTok. One day TikTok will be banned, right? And so all we'll have is YouTube shorts and Instagram reels. And then we'll be so grateful. No, it'll be be, uh, Oracle's TikTok. Oh, God. God. (laughs) And you'll have to say that every time. I think I just took psychic damage from that. Can I take the rest of the day? My brain just melted. (laughs) Oh. So obviously, like YouTube is many things, yeah. and oh, Ara just left. Oh. YouTube is many things, but one of the big things it is recently, aside from shorts, is it's trying to, I think, become a much more comprehensive distribution system. So it has music, it has a dedicated kids feature. Uh, VR is still a thing. I still need them to sort out kids' content better. Because the whole mini player now... And I've been using YouTube Kids since my daughter started using YouTube. Uh, we've been using YouTube Kids. It is terrible. Yeah, no. Like, they, as a, as a, everything... You can't even go back to the beginning of a, of, of a video. Cool. That's... Like, it's just bad. You have to be able to rewind a video. Kids don't have any attention. You can rewind. You can rewind in 10-second intervals, but oh, there's no but way to restart a video it. from the beginning. That's... Yeah, that's terrible. But I I meant more of it's like weird. all, all cha- uh, the changes they made in, I don't know if it was 2018 or 2019, but whatever changes they made after they got fined for COPA violations have just been absolutely awful. It wrecks the music experience for anything that's marked as kids content. And I need it to be fixed. <laughs> yeah, they're not really looking to make the experience better for you. I know. Yeah. But if it makes it harder for me to listen to Disney music, it makes it harder for families with young kids to listen to Disney music. Well, this is why tying music to YouTube was stupid. I stopped using Google's music services after Google Play Music died because 
when YouTube Music launched, it was like, and you want to be subscribed to every artist you like, you don't right? Have and to I was be like, subscribed I, to every artist. I'm subscribed. You to did like- at launch. No, at launch, it auto subscribed to every artist I had quote unquote followed into my feed, and I literally not only abandoned YouTube Music, I abandoned that YouTube channel because it was too much work to fix, and I like yeah. went and made a different YouTube channel under the same Gmail account that was subscribed to premium so that I would have like a feed of subscriptions that was not broken with music videos. I mean, YouTube kids just got a big update this week. Actually, Mm -hmm. they're bringing it to more devices, including smart home, smart TVs, Roku's, things like that. I mean, that's going to be big, right? It's also making it easier to switch to your kid's profile within the mainline YouTube app. So you don't have to install the dedicated app if you don't want to, which is a nice change. I don't know. I I think they're trying to figure it out, but it's still a little awkward. Anyway, I wish Susan all the best. I'm sure she'll go on to do other things at Alphabet, but it's kind of the end of an era because she shepherded YouTube through its enormous growth and the biggest source of its controversies over the last nine years. And then finally... Uh, let's end on a positive note. I was going to say, I hope about, you have time to still do this because I know how excited I want, you I want to talk about it quickly. So the best movie of the year is coming out in March. Uh, it's called Tetris. It's called Creed 3. It's called Tetris. Oh, God. Apparently it's good. Um, actually, Apparently Creed 3 is good. That. That's I all I want to say. Apparently don't, it's good. Don't, don't hate on that unnecessarily, man. I, okay. Te- Tetris. Tetris, though. Sorry. Tetris. So this is, this is a movie. Not It's not like a movie about watching people play Tetris. It's about the extremely interesting history of how Tetris came to the Game Boy as a like the IP Tetris. Exactly. Yeah. Like, so I just, I I have loved this game since I was a kid. I was like many five-year-olds when they got their Game Boy playing it all day, every day for years and years. I didn't know the history until I, I read up on it a few years ago. It's fantastic. They're turning this into a bit more of like a thriller. You called it like yeah, it looks like Bridge, Bridge of Spies, of Spies but for video <laughs> yeah. games, uh, which I like. But I don't know. I'm excited about this. Even if it's a bad movie, I'm gonna watch it. It starts Taron Egerton with a mustache. With a mustache, yeah, him his terrible '80s mustache. But I appreciate. <laughs> it. And then just if you watch the trailer, the way that they suffuse the background music with the Tetris theme song, yeah, oh, it's like Chef's Kiss. It's it's incredible. Um. Yeah, no, I, I am I am with you. Uh, Tetris is, uh, I would say, probably the best game ever made. I, like, I, I think I genuinely think that. I, I have played so much Tetris in my life. Like, I, I still think uh, the game I played the most after I got my OLED Switch was Tetris Effect because it just looked so good on that screen. I mean, Tetris is just uh, mesmerizing. You, just, you start and you don't even realize how fast you're going until you just get absolutely overwhelmed. But, like, I could play Tetris for, like, four or five hours in a row just like okay this game lasted for 40 minutes yeah. time for the next it's one it's a perfect video game uh and this will be a perfect movie <laughs> <I don't> exactly <laughs> there is no such thing as Full a perfect stop. movie there is it's there uh is. it's it's called master and commander yeah all right we're gonna end it there um don't want to give jules any more unnecessary work he doesn't uh, No, this was a perfect episode nothing to edit publish all hun- uh, hour and 13 minutes of it jules <laughs> um we're so sorry so I don't even know about the Twitter thing anymore because I'm not on it. I, I'm just going to stop doing it, if that's all right, right with you guys. Uh, yeah, you can find fine. us all at androidpolice.com. 
Yeah. Will is Will Saddleberg. Ara is Ara Wagner. I am Daniel Bader. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week with another episode. Until then, have a fantastic week and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.